This is the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And of course, today, beautiful Paula is here. That means she has all of the answers to any of the other stuff going on in your life. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 210 210- Three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Numerically, it's six three zero five seven five seven. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and send your questions to us. That way, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer, and that means you're only seconds away from talking to Paula. There you are. (laughs) Hello, uh, my world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a happy Thursday. I got to spend the morning with my favorite man and uh, had a nice breakfast sent some pictures of uh, Pastor Ron with his food in front of him to my kids because we went to our new location of his favorite breakfast place. And so it's been a good day. Yes. We've been praying for Robert and Tricia over at Magnolia House as they open their third location. It's Mm -hmm. not a great time to open a new anything, but uh, this is the first day today. And uh, in fact, um, just a half hour or so ago is mm-hmm. their grand opening, going to cut the ribbons and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've grown to love those people and pray for them all the time. I got to actually do Trisha's wedding. Mm-hmm. I was I officiated at her and uh, their wedding. Yeah. And so, um, good people. Pray for them. Yes. Yeah. What's up, Paula? Well, I was, um, you know, looking at my little scribbly notes in the night after you were sharing part of your testimony last night, saying we're all Jacob. I was thinking the value of a testimony. And I think one of my favorite ones is uh, the man born blind, you know, where they ask who's responsible, who sins, the, his parents or his. And Jesus says, neither. It's not, it's not his fault. It's just that I'm going to get glory through this. And so um, I like this because uh, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And so he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So 
until the man went and washed and came back seen. I love this. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? <laughs> Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar, <laughs> the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. There is like, they just didn't want to believe it, couldn't believe it. And he's just steady saying, I'm the one, I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one. I can see who you are asking these questions over and over. I'm right here. I can see you. <laughs> I can see you now. I know. Yeah, I always can hear, but <laughs> now I can see. It'd be one thing if I didn't know who you were, yeah. but you, didn't know, you spoke to me who I am. That's you know, when, when you think about the absurdity of that question, who, who sinned mm -hmm. that this man was born blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? Mm -hmm. They were actually accusing him of sinning in the womb. Yeah. Because he was born that he way. He was born this way. So, yeah. so I mean, th th this shows you how duplicitous mm -hmm. their questions were and their whole approach. But, you know, they saw something that they didn't want to see. Nobody could deny it. Mm -hmm. And this guy turns into a faith giant. I love that. But the beggar kept saying, <laughs> yes, I am the one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed. Hey, now I can see. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> How many times do I need to tell you? No. And so they're going to say, where is he now? They ask, I don't know. I, you know, I can't see around the corner <laughs> through brick wall and stuff. But he was here, believe me, because you know I couldn't see, but now I can see. So uh, then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. So the Pharisees, you know, those are the religious people. This man, Jesus, is not from God, <laughs> like us. You know, we're the religious people, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how can an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. I really love this story because you talk about uh, a testimony. This man, born blind, not, well, everybody, no one's good. But I'm sure he sinned over the years, but he wasn't born blind, like you say, because of a sin. Anyway, these, these Pharisees are questioning the man, you know, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? This is what I would say. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> he is so awesome. I love this man. I know his name is Jesus. I don't know where he went. But, you know, as they keep asking him questions and questions, the testimony is the, the more you consider Jesus, the greater um, that he reveals himself to you. So and, and he was faithful to step out and say, you know, look, I, I don't, don't ask me questions. I know one thing. I was blind. And now I can <laughs> see. And that's a great testimony because nobody can deny it. Yeah. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to argue with you about it? Yeah. Yeah. Not even his parents who wanted to say, don't put the onus on this thing on us because we still want to go to the synagogue. We still want to go to the temple and stuff. Ask him. He's grown up. He, <laughs> he's the one. Look, we know he's our son and yeah. we know he was blind. That's right. The rest of it, you guys work it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so we know this is our son, but... His parents said this because they were afraid. See, a, a brand new believer, mm -hmm. and he wasn't afraid. Even, even his parents were afraid, as you said. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't afraid to say, look, this is what I know. Mm -hmm. Look what he did. Yeah. I mean, there's and, no denying this. And they asked him repeatedly, 
and he'd give him a little more insight. Oh, do you too want to become his <laughs> disciples? <laughs> Is that what you're asking me? So I really like that. Yeah. Paula, we've got a phone call waiting, so why okay. don't we take that and we'll come back to the man that was born blind um, and now can see mm -hmm. in just a moment. Let's go to Seguin and talk with Reuben, our friend on line one. Reuben, thanks for holding. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron. And Mama, I'm glad to hear you. Man, I love I love that. I, I, I wish you would have continued. I would have gladly held on for another 20 minutes about you talking about <laughs> the man. Uh, just quickly before I get to my question, I can relate to, to how, how, how Mama put it. You know, they kept on asking him, asking him, asking him. And, like, my brothers and sisters that, that don't talk to me, they wonder how I do it with the little VA check that I get. You know, how is it that I pay the rent? How is it that I have these these very nice cars? You know, and my question is, it's only Jesus, because I have asked myself that, too. I said, how can I have these cars in this house and with this little VA check, but only Jesus, but Jesus. And like Mama said, if they would ask me, what do you think about this man? I would say he is the best because yeah. he is the best. Yeah, uh -huh. he is the best in my life because I've seen the goodness of the Lord and I've seen how great it is and I've seen how powerful it is. I'm going to start preaching here. I'm sorry, but I, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it in my life yeah. And y'all know Oh I feel the Holy Spirit I feel the Holy Spirit Y'all know <laughs> what I've been through for the past seven years And y'all know But God is good God is good Okay let me stop because I won't I'll Believe me I'm the type of person that I'll, oh, Once God gets a hold of me I just won't stop But, but anyways Okay breathe Breathe Ruben yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay okay Okay, um, we're we're talking about the Pharisees here. That's a question that I wanted to talk about because I was reading in Matthew again, and I, I went back. I, I I got to chapter twenty because I'm I'm you know I'm studying each each chapter as I read it. But then I went back to six and I read it again, and I noticed you know the Pharisees um, they kept asking, they, you know they were asking people you know hey well. Are, why, like Jesus, why are they eating bread on the Sabbath? Isn't that again? And, 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 why, and they were picking, and they were like, it was like they were following him to see what he was going to do wrong. My question right. is, is in the Old Testament, were the Pharisees there as well? Um, but they were just not, because, because Jesus said, did, uh, didn't, oh, yeah, he said, uh, in one of the scriptures he quoted, what Isaiah had, had prophesied, you know, uh, that you they they love they say Lord when they say they love me with their mouth but their heart is far from me. And then there's another scripture that they quit, uh, uh, quoted Isaiah. So my question is, you know, were, those, were these Pharisees were they in a line of succession from the Old Testament into the New Testament? I'm going to stay on the line because I don't have a way to hear you. Okay, Ruben, thanks. Yeah, they, they, the Pharisees and the, the, the Sadducees, uh, the, the legalists, the religious leaders were always around. But the difference, Reuben, between Jesus being there and the times before he was there is that there was never anybody to challenge their authority. You know, in, in the Old Testament, the kings would have prophets come up and prophesy good things, false things. 
and and you know for the real prophets that's why they were so persecuted uh, sometimes even unto death because they dared to speak against the false prophets and to, to prophesy bad things or 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 foreboding things um, um, uh, to the king and so they were always there but remember now the law was pretty simple until man got involved and started interpreting the law and these religious leaders from the beginning were always reinterpreting the law to their advantage a Sabbath day's journey, for example, uh, became about okay. a fifth of a mile. And the fifth of a mile idea was uh, they, they would put boards up against their house so they could stretch that fifth of a mile and it wouldn't be considered working. And Matthew, uh, when Jesus' disciples were, were eating, it wasn't against the law to eat on the Sabbath, but they were rolling the wheat in their fingers. And there was a, a sect of the Pharisees that considered that uh, working, a violation of the Sabbath law. Um, Jesus was the only one who challenged it, and what he was doing was really giving them the proper perspective on the law. This is what the law means. This is what it says. This is what it means. And Jesus' biggest clarification was that, that man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for the man. And, of course, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, had that completely upside down. So that's what was going on, Reuben. You know, Paula, you were talking to me today about you've never seen a son uh, go begging for bread, a child of God go begging for bread. That's kind of what Reuben's mm-hmm. testimony was just then. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Jesus says, um, I'll take care of you. Uh, you know, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. And, and sometimes we think that's going to be an excess and an abundance in every way that we think. But God says, no, I got you. Would you just trust me to take care of you? Don't. And then it blows our minds. When Ron and I um, were living in the apartment and and the Lord kind of put it on my heart, you know what, Lord? I would really like a house again, you know, instead of just living in an apartment. Um, and, and it happened. And we had blown it so badly, Reuben, that we never thought we'd have uh, a home again. You know, we didn't deserve anything. And yet, God just really blessed us like he's blessing you, and, and I'm just really thankful. It's really, I listen to the show pretty much every day, so I heard you yesterday, and uh, to hear you and uh, that your dad is doing well uh, just brought a really big smile to my face. And there again, the Lord is sustaining you um, and your dad, and it's really good to hear, hear you. I know a lot of people have been praying for you, and so to hear you call in and say that you're doing very, very well is a real encouragement. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ruben. God bless you. You sound better than you've sounded in the seven years you've been calling. So that is a real praise the Lord. Hey, 340-9585 for anybody who has any calls or questions for Paula or for me. Paula, back to testimonies because we we both have talked about this a lot. We think testimony is a really important part mm-hmm. of, of our sharing Jesus with people. Yeah, and you say that everybody's an expert at their own testimony, just like this man born blind, you know, where they're saying, this guy's a sinner. And he just says, uh, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I know this. I was blind and now I can <laughs> see. And so they said, but what did he do? And he, how did he heal you? He said, I already told you once. Didn't you listen? You know, and that's what happens with us. People see our lives that we're changed. And we say, you know, like people ask us, 50 years married, how does that happen? And you always say, glad you asked, basically. 
it was Jesus. And some people say, oh, really? And others, you could see that glaze come over them. Mm. Like they're still there, but they're not really listening. Oh, it can't, not Jesus. It's like, not, don't tell me it was Jesus, but it was Jesus. And the man ex ex exclaimed, I told you, listen, do you want to hear, why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And so even with people who look like they're, they're like, what? And he said, I'm going to tell you. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. And in this, like you were saying just yesterday or the day before on the radio, some people are born into a religion and they say, basically, don't confuse me with the facts. I'm not going to change my mind no matter, what you, no matter what you prove. Yeah, and that is a sad commentary on our proud flesh. Yeah. So. Paul, the reason we were talking about testimonies today is, is in the Bible study last night, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't designed to give my testimony. That wasn't the, the, the point of it. But uh, we're, we're introducing ourselves to Jacob. Jacob started last night in chapter 28. And he's got eight chapters. Mm. And, and I start out by saying, I am Jacob. Mm -hmm. I'm him. And, yeah. and you're him. We're yeah. all him. Yeah. And we can identify with him. It's so important that the people understood that this wasn't just a Bible study about some fictional or even non-fictional character mm -hmm. that we can't relate to. Then it's, it's, it's something that we can all relate to because we've been through it. And so as I went through the study, there were different parts of our walk with the Lord that we went uh, over that I, I used uh, for both of us, some of my own personal testimony. Um, um, I, I just wanted the people to know how real it was and sharing testimonies is such power. Mm -hmm. If we'll just do it, yes. the Holy Spirit will use that. The Apostle Paul shared his three different times in the book of Acts. Now, that means those are just the ones we have written down. Mm -hmm. But he would have shared a lot of times where he was going because he wanted people to see the power of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, once I was zealous, once I was chasing Christians, persecuting them unto death, and now here I am proclaiming Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Mm -hmm. And and the story about how he got there would resonate with people. Well, in the same way, uh, the story how you and I came to Texas, the things that went on with you praying for me for 13 years, the pain uh, that you had to endure. Um, um, it's an amazing thing that God will give power to our testimonies mm -hmm. and move people's hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking about uh, pain, you know, that, of course, like, it's, it's like having a baby. You remember you have pain, you know, every five minutes when the contraction started, it's like, oh, it's going to get worse. You know it's going to come quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, but, yeah, so many women forget that pain because of the child that they have. And some of them, huh, in the delivery room, right after they had the child, said, ooh, I could do that again. <laughs> you know? It's that pain. That, that proves once and for all who's tougher, <laughs> men or women, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but uh, it, it's, it's worth it. And the whole time, well, not the whole time, because for years I wasn't really listening to Jesus. I was praying mostly for me. But um, at one time, well, many times, he would say, I love him so much. 
in the John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so because Jesus did that for me, he goes, I love Ron so much. And we're going to win him to to me. The pain? Yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. Praise God you never really hit me because I don't know if we'd have made it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's, that's just me I, being... I, I, I keep telling people, you, 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 you've always been able to beat me up. Well, I never so had <laughs> yeah, to, no, praise yeah. the Lord, but I would, I would have. But, but there's a healthy fear here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know the truth. <laughs> so, it's yeah. But the per- lady at the restaurant looked at you and said, oh, you look very active. <laughs> I know who I am. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was worth it only... On this side, during it, it's not so fun. But even during, um, Jesus is just so much closer, you know, that it's 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 just way worth it. So testimonies are good, and we get asked to, um, especially with marriages, you know, that's kind of like people hear the testimony and they're always asking me, so Mama Paula, <laughs> do I really have to submit? And yeah. As unto the Lord you do, and let's let's just see what God will do. But until you decide that Jesus is the most important, because God knows everything, you know, He knows your motive. And I tell Him all my my story. You know, the first ten years I was praying, my motive was for my life to get better. And so, Christianity one hundred and one—that's what I call it. Take my take my counsel on this. Die to yourself, so you will live for Christ. Um, and do what he tells you to do with the right heart. You've got to ask him all the time for his spirit in order to obey joyfully. You know, Jesus went to the cross, not, not just willingly, like, ooh, yeah. He went <laughs> obediently. So if we can do what we can take up our crosses obediently and let's see what God will do. He'll either, he'll well, either cement the relationship or he'll move him on. Think, think about a fleshy question that is. Mama Paul, do I have to submit? Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, you know my husband. Yeah. <laughs> do do I have to submit? Like like we're looking for an escape clause. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's well, this doesn't really apply to me. I know I understand it in principle, but mm-hmm. doesn't really apply to mm-hmm. me. But that's just our flesh. Yeah. And the problem with with that kind of an approach is that God can't deal with the spouse because he's too busy dealing with you. Oh, yeah, I know. And you who claim to be <laughs> spiritual, you're the ones that God is, you're the ones sort of stopping the work of God. So mm-hmm. just get right, stay right, and then let God go to work. Mm-hmm. On the other one, you're doing your part. God will be faithful to do his part. Yeah. And that's just that was, the way it is. That's my testimony. <laughs> 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 that's my testimony right there. So the Lord keeps sending us out so I can, you know, when... The ladies and I are just by ourselves. I can tell them that. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a unique situation because we've been, we've been together for 50 years. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> no. And see, you still look like you did when you were 18 years old when I met you. <laughs> Not in the pictures I've been looking at. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. But, but you know, when we're, we're out at places and we can see tension between people or the Lord will just sort of put somebody close to us on our heart, um, you know, we can stop by and just start chit-chatting with people, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll find a way to work in, do you believe that she's put up with me for 50 years? Yeah. And then their eyes will, you've been together for 50 years? Mm-hmm. And they always look at you, not me. <laughs> they look at you and say, 
you don't look old enough to be with anybody 50 years. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, no, you look like you could be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about her. But You need to quit. But, but th- you know, because they're going through something difficult. And God puts people specifically in our hearts for that reason. Yeah. And they'll say, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. And my answer is, I just point. Jesus, it's just Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I say this, look, I did everything I could to ruin it. And God rescued it. Mm-hmm. And look what he's done. Mm-hmm. And usually then the floodgates open and they're willing to share. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but you've, got, you've got to be willing to take that step of faith yeah. and share what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, how do people know? Yeah. And the sweetest thing, the coolest thing is, just like the Bible, uh, <coughs> God doesn't hide the the faults and the failures, you know? Just like in Jacob's life, we're going to find out how many times over and over he still reverts back to the flesh, you know? So we can easily say to people, yeah, um, it's not going to be easy. You will fail, but you'll get up. He's he's faithful when we're faithless. Absolutely. And that's what we want people to understand Mm -hmm. All, we, all we're trying to do is get people to, to put themselves in his hands yeah. instead of trying to manipulate and do things according to their own yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And if they'll do that, God always moves. Yeah. He never, ever fails. Yeah, I tell the ladies, they don't pick up on hints. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ladies out there are like, amen. <laughs> Hey, Sister we've, Paula. <laughs> we, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show, 340-9585 or toll free, 877-630-KSLR. We'd love to have your calls. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the date day edition of the program 340-9585 paula it's all you what's up oh god i have another testimony oh good that i want to talk about um the the other one that demon possessed man you know, when Jesus got out of the boat, this guy's been cutting himself, letting him chain him up, and then breaking loose and just causing all kind of ruckus. So Jesus comes over there, and he climbs out of the boat, and a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. Um, can you imagine living in a burial cave? That's a cemetery. Um, <laughs> oh, this kid, well, in the tombs. Creepy. Um, That's where dead people are supposed to be, though. There you go. So whenever he was put into chains and shackles, often he was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. You know, there's people like that now. <laughs> Seriously, you know, I'm, when I walk, if we were downtown or there are some people right here in Universal City, they walk and they're screaming and yelling. They're just kind of out of their minds, you know. And it's like, oh, Lord. Only you can break through that. Um, so We're a sophisticated society. We call that mental illness instead of demon possession, but make no mistake. Yeah. You go down to Joy of Jesus, we go downtown, mm-hmm. um, we see demon possession all over. You know, you, you hear the program all the time. We get questions about why aren't there as many cases of demon possession as there is in the Bible. 
And it's only because we don't identify them that way because mm -hmm. the world wants to just sort of disqualify anything mm -hmm. um, uh, demonic or, or anything that, that is to the glory of God. Yes. And, uh, and yet we, we hear these people yelling and cursing at themselves and hitting themselves in the head yes. as they walk. And, and uh, so, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, we're now because they're still in some prisons. There's some cells that a single person is in. It's locked. They don't even let the person in and out. They put the food through a hole because this person is beyond subduing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Jesus still some distance away. The man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed down low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why you interfere with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And so they went on there talking. Um, pig suicide happens, you know, uh, but the, as Jesus was getting ready to leave, oh wait, let me see, uh, the herdsmen fled to the nearby town surrounding countryside, spreading the news that they ran because now he's in his right mind. And so as Jesus would get into the boat to leave, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Yeah, and, and uh, something that I think is especially noteworthy in that instance, and of course we're talking about legion, mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes in the, the NLT, I don't recognize the story. Oh, I'm so sorry. To yeah. get to it, but mm -hmm. but um, um, Legion begged Jesus to go with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. I'm I'm dressed. I'm in my right mind, mm -hmm. and and uh, I'm finally free. I'm going to follow you anyway. And Jesus told him no. He said no. Go home to your families and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful He has been. But just like um, the other man. This guy is awesome. Nobody else has been able to subdue me. He didn't even have to touch me, and I'm set free. I can see. I can, I'm in my right mind. I can, I'm dressed. I'm not howling. I'm not miserable and pain and trying to destroy not only my life but other people's lives. So he wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Your work is here. And you know what I love about this story, Paula, is that Every time Jesus and the disciples would return to the area of the Decapolis, mm. there would be these huge crowds waiting because Legion did his job. Yeah, it says, So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. That's an awesome testimony, right? Yeah. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Can you imagine, who is that guy? You know, I, t I like to take pictures of people before they get saved. You know, I've not met anybody as bad as Legion, of course. Um, well, close. I don't know, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. My Vanessa baby usually listens, too, so it's not personal. Um, but, yeah, but can you imagine? His family knew who he was, totally out of his mind. Can you imagine when he just knocked on the door? Mm. But he Who is it? Yeah. It's a legion, but he what God gives a new name. Yeah, and and he would have had an old he, name. Well, you know. Yeah. But when they opened the door and saw that it was him, mm -hmm. can you imagine what that must have been like? And that's probably all Legion had to do at every door he knocked on, because everybody was scared of <laughs> Legion. You're not naked. Yeah. You're dressed. Yeah. Your hair. You don't have to be afraid. Yeah. You your hair's combed. You're clean. You don't stink. You know. Yeah. You. Wow. What happened? Just like. Our 50 years, who could say? Just Jesus. It's just Jesus. 
he came and he touched me. And I mean, that's a testimony. We don't all have these big, gigantic testimonies, but Legion did. And to go back to his home and his his town and, and then all these regions, the 10 towns in that region, and tell who Jesus was, I would imagine that everybody got saved. What do you think, Pastor Ron? Well, it, it, not everybody, of course, but, but <laughs> there were huge crowds every time Jesus came because Legion had become his front man, his advance man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the real beauty of, of the story is that no one could deny what they were seeing with their own eyes. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't, well, you know, you believe. I just don't have any proof. This was a, a I know you. Mm-hmm. I was a f- terrified of you. Mm-hmm. And look, here's mm-hmm. who you are. What's done this mm-hmm. for you? Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if we'll step out of our comfort zones just enough, God will really and truly open some doors for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's, a commandment. It's a requirement. It's just something that we need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can use 50 years because it's a long time. Yeah. And, and you know, people, 50 years, how would you do it? Because they're struggling. Mm-hmm. It's just a great opportunity to say, well, you know, here's what I did. Here's what Jesus did. Yeah. And so the last almost 30 years has been pretty good. It's been pretty good. But yeah. I'm not ready for it to be over either. So we talked about the blind man, you know, born blind, and then Legion with all of these Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a lot like Legion as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she had seven demons, not 2,000 or more like yeah. Legion, but Oof. seven demons. And her life was miserable. People would have seen that. Yeah. And then Jairus. You know, we got a, a, a baby born blind grows up and, you know, and then we got Legion who he'd been terrifying everybody. But then we have the synagogue ruler, Jairus who's come to Jesus, you know, and says, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with them, and all the people followed, you know, and she suffered from a great many doctors. There's a lot of people who've gone to doctors a lot, and nothing's been able to happen. And then every once in a while. There are two mentions of doctors and people spending their money, Jairus for his daughter and the the woman with the issue issue of blood blood. Mm -hmm. for for 12 years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, Jairus's daughter, he came, he touched her and he healed her. Can you imagine that testimony? Wow. Talitha Kume, he yeah. said, yeah. in Aramaic. Yeah, amazing. I just love Jesus because he can do, even though, you know, we, we people ask, uh, uh, if we believe enough, will Jesus heal us? He can. Don't know if he will, but he can. Most of the time, he doesn't work that way. But every once in a while, he does. Yeah, and those miracles were signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. They, they were not just, uh, I mean, clearly they were miraculous. But uh, there was a purpose. Um, you know, the, 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 the Christ was prophesied to be able to do these things, mm-hmm. to heal the sick and to cleanse the lepers and to, to raise the dead. Um, and so when he was doing this, it was just Jesus sort of advertising, yep, I'm him, mm-hmm. yep, I'm him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the people focused on the miracle itself. But Jesus was doing his own advance work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't need that now. I, I'd like everybody to get healed, mm-hmm. um, but that's going to wait until we're with Jesus. But... Um, 
the idea that we can just believe enough and we can name it and claim it and and just uh, uh, I'm not healed yet, but I'm 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 holding on to it. I, I I'm I'm apprehending the promises of God, and I'm I'm healed even though the healing hasn't manifested itself. Um, that's just silliness, and we're we're kind of missing the whole point. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, this section in Mark it's it's titled "Jesus Heals in Response to Faith," um, because we've had. Like little Luke, who called, well, he's probably not so little anymore. <laughs> Luke, who called the other day, his parents just couldn't have children for the longest time. I think he has eight siblings waiting for them in heaven. And they heard, uh, Ryan and Holly heard one night at an afterglow, don't give up, you know. And they believed that the Lord was going to give them a baby. So they tried again. They must have either heard something or just they just knew God was going to bring them a yeah. baby. And, and what a testimony they have. And tomorrow night here, uh, Pastor Samuel from South Anchorage, Alaska, mm-hmm. is going to be here. And when he was here, we prayed for them because they couldn't have children either. Yes. And uh, I got to see uh, yesterday um, their two babies. Mm-hmm. EJ and Finn. Yeah. And, um, you know, what testimonies they have. Yeah. You know, well, we couldn't, but now we, we can. Yeah. God has been good. And, yeah. and um, I, I can just see Holly and Ryan showing them a smile on their face when people ask them about their son yeah. and say, yep, that's a gift from God. Yeah. We can prove it. Mm-hmm. Paula, we got a couple of people holding on the line, so let's go to Jimmy on line one first. Jimmy, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hello, sir. Can you hear me clearly? Hey, Jimmy, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I told my grandson the other day in front of my wife, and she she was um, Santa Claus came on TV, and she she said, "Look, there's Santa Claus," and I said, "You know, baby Joseph, um, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, he's just make believe, and I mean, it's okay. You want to make you want to make believe he's here, but he's not. The real reason about Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ, and that's what it's about." And my wife said, Jaime, he's too young to know that right now. I said, no, he needs to know now. <laughs> and he needs to know what the truth is now. And she, she, she says, you need to leave the room. I said, okay, I'm going to leave the room, but I'm, I'm going to tell him the truth. Mm. I mean, I might be hey, Jimmy, mean or... <laughs> no, and, and we, we deal with this. You know, I, th- I think there's some things when when, when there's... A, a child is a, a child of somebody else. They, they have parents that aren't you. I think we've got to respect their wishes and not talk about those things. But with your kids or your grandkids, um, you know, it is never okay to lie. It's never okay to lie. And this is a lie. And it actually cheapens Christmas. And, and, and the kids that learn from the very beginning that Santa's not real, um, but Jesus is the giver of gifts, um, that's yes. that's somebody who's going to trust their parents in the future. I remember when I found out Santa wasn't real, and I just thought my parents. What else have they lied to me about, <laughs> yeah. Paula? You did exactly the same thing. No, so I know. That boy told me. He said Santa's not real. I said yes he is. No he's not. Yes he is. <laughs> you know we had a little <laughs> argument there, and he says, "Go ask your parents and see how their face looks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Santa Claus real? Yeah, Jimmy, you're being kind and you're being honest. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that you 
need to sit your wife down and have a conversation with her. And, yeah, that would have been better first. Yeah, and and tell her, don't, don't, don't ever yeah. ask me to lie yeah. to my grandson. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to ask you not to lie to my grandson. Yeah. And, um, you know, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? But we get this question every Christmas at some point. And uh, it's just not okay to lie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's no tooth fairy. There's no bunny rabbit, Easter rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got to let people know who we really are, and we've got to be truth tellers. Jimmy, thank you for that. <laughs> Appreciate it very, very much. Sorry you're going through hard stuff. That's yeah. difficult stuff. Yeah. Let's go to California now and talk with George online, too. George, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. This is George. Yeah, I am. You know, I didn't really have a question, but I was hearing you and Paula have such a festive time there. I thought I'd just come and say real quick, keep up the good work, and things are going well. And um, uh, maybe just a little thought in my head is for those of the folks that are feeling a little uh, down on their self or they suffering self-esteem, if, if you can think and meditate on yourself as a child of God, then that's, that's the best uh, ego booster there is, <laughs> I believe. And so... You know, that's about it, short and sweet, but when to say hello. Thank you, George. God bless you, and, and give our love to Irma, and thank you for sending me the song. That was really nice, and um, I didn't know you had a little countryside in you, but thank you for sending uh, it to me. I thought it was really, really good. Oh, well, the country comes out inevitably, but okay. Thank you very much, <laughs> <Yeah. Ron. laughs> You're welcome, George. God bless you. We'll yeah, George in California now. He can't, can't have the country twang, but... Good. Tell her I said hi. Good. Thank you. Yeah, she's the beautiful side of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without a country accent. Huh? Y'all. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm trying to throw that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love your voice, George. And yeah, we are having fun. And for me, when I'm feeling a little bit down, um, I have this, sh- this T-shirt. It's a black T-shirt with pink writing on it. And it says flawless on the front. And on the back is my favorite scripture where it's Song of Solomon 4-7, where it says, All beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And so, you know. Hard to stay down when you... Yeah, you know. mm -hmm, It's like Jesus is telling me how beautiful I am. I'm flawless. (laughs) I'm all that in a bag of chips. (laughs) So are you, George. Uh, Paula, do you still have your your sunglasses pinned? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it for a while. That's why I asked. Tell people what you used to say. I used to say with my little... They're little teeny red sunglasses, and I used to say, "My future's so bright, I wear sunglasses at night." And so, yeah, but yeah, whenever we're a little bit down on ourselves, it's because we're focused, you know, a little bit on how many times we've messed up. And I'm I'm really good at that. Oh man, I've had a phone conversation, and then it's like, "Oh man, did I say that right?" You know, I'm in front of a microphone even now. Um, but on Monday nights when I'm teaching, I, I get in the car sometimes. I was like, oh, did I say, is this going to, is this, was this all pleasing to, I'm just started questioning, questioning everything. And all of it seems to be uh, designed by the enemy. You know, I've done the work. I've, 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 I've prayed. I pray that I'm delivering with the Lord's heart to be encouragement. All of a sudden, but the minute I'm finished, it seems like the enemy is just right there to say, that what you you didn't do good at all, you know, and I, I need to learn to tell him to shut up because <laughs> <laughs> all beautiful I am, there is no flaw in me. Yeah, you know, Paula, I I always add to what you just said that 
that anytime you spend too much time with you, you're going to be you're going to be down yeah. and sort of discouraged. And the enemy is always circling around looking for an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, and to pounce, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Oh yes, yeah. And, and uh, the other thing is, um, not only does the Lord think I'm beautiful and flawless, but He's also given me gifts to use to serve others. And so once I know that I'm good, <laughs> then, then I want to go and tell other people how the Lord feels about them as well. So that's what that's that's kind of my get over myself yeah. thought. You know, this is part of the reason for using our testimony. Um, um, we, we have this undeniable experience. We've seen God change our lives. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity to go to other people and, and, and see them in difficulty and say, look, we have an answer. We really do have an answer. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Let's go take a phone call. we got Charles on line one from San Antonio. Charles, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Papa and Mama. How y'all doing? Hey, Charles. How Hi, you doing? Hi, my baby. <laughs> I just called to say hello, and I love hearing y'all's voices over the radio. Y'all sound so beautiful, but Aww. y'all are more beautiful in person. But I just want to let y'all know I'll see y'all tomorrow evening. <laughs> oh, good. Thank good. you, Charles. Thank you. See? Charles just confirmed what I was talking about, how beautiful we are in person. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Yep. All right. Well, y'all have a blessed day. Okay, Thank you, Charles. I think he was just being sympathetic toward me. He loves <laughs> you so much. You are beautiful, too. Yes. On the inside. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We've still got some time to get a phone call or two in if you are interested. Paula, where do you want to go from that, from there, or do you want to talk more about that? No. So I was asked. I'll ask you the question, Pastor Ron. What's the difference between Christmas spirit and Holy Spirit? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know we're in that time right now. Yeah. People are trying to be a little bit nicer. And uh, here, let me give my little two cents first, then you can answer seriously. I think it's that song, you know, that people talking about Jesus. I mean, uh, Santa Claus, too. He's checking the list, you know, he, he making knows sure. He's been naughty or yeah, nice. being naughty or nice. So we checking need to it be, twice. Yeah, I, I remember, shoot, I'd be so bad <laughs> when I was a little kid. But Christmas was coming. I better straighten up for a couple of weeks so I could get me a good present. So that's kind of what I think is maybe behind all of that mess. <laughs> So, go ahead. What's R- the difference? Romans 1 talks about God giving us a conscience. He reveals himself to us by, by virtue of giving us a conscience. Uh, we're depraved. Um, there, there's, there's nothing off limits to our flesh. And yet, he, he gives us that check in our spirit. And the difference between the Christmas spirit and the Holy Spirit is the difference between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. You know, the Christmas spirit is God convicting people sort of stopping them and saying, okay, we're talking about Jesus all month. Um, you know you need to get right. And so they start doing, they try to compensate for all their evil. Mm-hmm. They, they start doing good things. And they'll give money, they'll find charities to give money to. Uh, they'll help out people. Every year it never fails. We have people say, you know, I really want to do something good for some poor people mm-hmm. or, or single moms in the church or something like that. And, 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 you know, we're happy to, to let them help. But um, 
what we have to be clear about is this doesn't clear you with God. Makes you feel better about you. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of like Lent? Well, sort of. Yeah, it's it's sort of Lent is a, a religious time when we deny ourselves things. Mm-hmm. Well, the Christmas spirit is God giving the world a witness that He's real, and you know you're guilty. You know mm-hmm. you need to do better. And yet, rather than believe in Jesus, they're just going to try to do good things and they'll feel much better about themselves. But they don't realize that, you know, that that holiday season depression comes back. That emptiness, you know, you do something and it makes you feel good for a minute, but it it wears off. Mm -hmm. And then you're stuck all over again in that same place. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, I, I actually hate it when people say, boy, that Christmas spirit, I've got that Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and my response is, you need the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we appreciate any good things you want to do. Yeah. But that doesn't justify you before God. Yeah. God will take care of the people that are his. You don't have to. But if you let him use you as a child of God, then you're going to find out how much more fulfilling that is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people do a bunch of good things, the truth is at the end of the Christmas season, they're usually saying things like, well, I'll be glad mm-hmm. when Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. I'll be glad when we're back to normal. Mm-hmm. Because they want to be jerks again. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Because <laughs> we're all Jacobs. Yeah, we're all Jacobs. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. There but for the grace of God go I. And, and um, that's why I say all the time, just be with Jesus. Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. In the absence of his presence, well, we're stuck with miserable old us. Mm-hmm. And there just isn't anything else that we can do. Yeah. So that's the difference. And we, we get those questions. I had a question on the show yesterday, I think, between the difference between soul and spirit. Oh, yes. um, and, and those are interchangeable. But when you hear people refer specifically to the Christmas spirit, oh, I love this time. You know, you just feel so loving toward people. You want to be kind and you want to do good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to tell you, you need to repent. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm not a jerk, so I don't do it that way. But um, doing nice things can be a blessing to others, but at the same time, it can have no value at all for you yeah. if you're the reason you're doing it. And that's what the Christmas spirit really is. Okay, I got you. I can, you. I can always hear the hiss of Satan mm-hmm. behind that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Pastor we've Ron. only got one minute. Okay, so I'm done. <laughs> okay, bye. I love you. You can't be done for 30 seconds. Why? Because the music has gone. <laughs> George, where's your song now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, I just want to tell everybody, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In that way, the Lord can change us from the inside out every single day. And Merry Christmas. Yeah. Pray for us. I'll be doing our Christmas message uh, this Sunday, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. You've been listening to the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Bye-bye.